Pastor Henry Harder, the Renewal Singers, and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today with our look at the city of Rome and its people in the year of 61 AD when Paul made his first visit to the city. On our previous study, we began looking at the city of Rome during the time of Paul's visit. We saw that the population of the city at that time was over 4 million a large city, even by today's standards. We also noted that over half of the Roman calendar was taken up with holidays. Their focus was on food and the circus. We also looked at the living conditions of the people. The wealthy lived in houses called the domus. These buildings had an inner court into which the rooms entered. The tenement houses of the poor were called insula. These had four to six floors and sometimes occupied a whole block, but many were unfit for human occupation. Most of the people lived at or near the poverty level. Just when the gospel first made its entrance into Rome, we are not told. We do know, however, that when Paul arrived, the church in Rome had already been established. It has been estimated that perhaps as many as one-third of the population of Rome had accepted Christ. Sinners near the side. 
The Roman Empire was noted for its excellent roadways. This allowed the people to travel with more comfort and safety and, of course, much more rapidly. This, no doubt, played a major role in the rapid growth of the church throughout the Roman world. And so, we will begin today's study by looking at the roads in and around the city of Rome. Now, here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. Rome was famous for its roads. Thoroughfares were excellent and gave adequate access to the city from all directions. The streets through the insulae, the poor tenement housing, were unlighted, narrow, steep, noisy, dirty, and dangerous. But the thoroughfares were well constructed and wound their way among the seven hills to the center of the city on the banks of the Tiber. Besides the Appian Way, which entered from the southeast, there was the Via Tibertina, the Via Latina, the Via Labianca, and the Via Ostianessis, or the Ostian Way, and several more. Most of these thoroughfares were from 15 to 20 feet wide. This helps us to better understand the way the people lived and were able to get around in the city. But just what happened when the people of Rome died? With a population that dense, where and how did they bury their dead? As I mentioned the other day, lining some of the roads I just spoke about were the crumbling tombs of Rome's proud families. Many inscriptions grace these places. They tell us something of the hope or lack of it among Rome's elite. On one stone are the words in Latin, a cocktail please for you and me. On another is the symbol of an inverted torch, and the words, in eternal sleep. Another epitaph reads, What I ate and drank I have with me. What I have left I have lost. Another, Wine and lust ruin the Constitution, but they make life pleasant. In Julius Caesar's day, a poet called Catullus wrote, Suns may rise and set again, but for us eternal night remains for sleeping. The poet wrote those words over the grave of his brother as he sobbed, fruitless words on dust which cannot answer. Death really held no hope for these Romans. To them the tombs and the bodies in them were the evidence of the futility of life without purpose, without goals, and without a future. How different the inscriptions in the catacombs where thousands of Christians were buried. Those were all expressions of faith and peace and hope, never of grief or loss, but always of gain and joy. Those expressions did not come from the proud and the elite of Roman society. For the most part, they came from the poor, persecuted, and outcast Christians. They had to burrow in the rocks and the dirt to find protection for their living and for their dead, but they believed in Jesus and had an unshakable faith in the resurrection of this body and a life beyond this one. They knew that this isn't all there is to life, and they looked forward with great anticipation to a glorious future filled with peace, joy, and hope. I'm going to speak further about that tomorrow about the Christian catacombs and the inscriptions found there. Henry, before we close today's study, would you comment on death? 
Is death just an integral part of being human? Did God create death as part of life, or is there more to it than that? That's a fascinating question to explore. Contrary to what some modern theologians teach, death is not an integral part of our humanness. I do not believe that the dissolution of the human body was a part of God's creation. Man's body was made to be eternal. Adam and Eve did not experience degeneration in the Garden of Eden. Man was not just made for time. Man was made for eternity. Death is then not a part of our humanness. It is something foreign that came and attached itself to every human body. The Bible is clear that death is the result of sin. Paul wrote that the wages of sin is death. Sin always destroys, and the final great destruction is the total dissolution of the human body. That's sin's greatest wage. James, in chapter 1, verse 15, puts it this way, Sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. That's an interesting phrase. Sin gives birth to death. That sounds contradictory. James pictures sin and death as a woman with child. She carries a child to full term and then gives birth to that child. Sin, when carried to full term, gives birth to death. That's sin's greatest conquest, its greatest damage, total destruction. That's why the bodily resurrection of Jesus, as taught in the Bible, is so important. Death Sin's greatest accomplishment had to be defeated and conquered. Jesus did just that when he stepped out of the grave into the dimension of eternity with eternal life within him. That eternal life of Jesus is available to every person. And every person who believes in Jesus receives that eternity-type life at the moment he receives Jesus Christ. While the body still under sin will die and decay, that body, like the body of Jesus, will return not to human-type life, not to die again, but to eternal life, never to go through the process of death again. Here's how the Renewal Singers put it in song.
What's News, a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.